to BIV Today, the business news podcast from Business in Vancouver newspaper and BIV.com. Now, British Columbia and Quebec are set to lead the provinces this year in economic growth. That's according to the 2020 outlook from the Business Development Bank of Canada. And our guest today, he was actually speaking at the Surrey Board of Trade on February 6th about what lays ahead for the West Coast economy. And we can dive into a lot of those factors as well as the challenges ahead with Pierre Clarou. He is Chief Economist at BDC. Pierre, thanks for joining us on the show once again. Pleased to be here. So I, I think one of the things a lot of people are wondering about is just the overall global uncertainty that's going on right now. We had the U.S. and China uh, partially resolve some of the ongoing trade conflict that they're intertwined with. But uh, maybe tell me a little bit, is BC in any sort of position to benefit from more certainty that's coming as a result of this? Or should we still be a little bit concerned? Well, it's having an impact because the uncertainty lower commodity prices. So this is having an impact on some part of the province. It's interesting because at the beginning of the year, we thought that uncertainty would be lower this year because the U.S. and China signed kind of a trade deal, a partial trade deal. But with the events over the last few weeks with the coronavirus, well, it's the opposite. There's a lot of uncertainty again in the world economy. We don't believe this is going to have a huge impact because it seems to be really contained to China. But the level of uncertainty is actually rising because we there's a lot of unknown about this 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 virus. Yeah, I mean, think about Canada broadly. Uh, we look at say oil prices, for example, and we saw kind of an immediate effect with say the coronavirus, and we saw oil prices going further down. I, is that just giving us more question marks? We're not exactly sure how this is eventually going to end up, especially for an economy nationally that's so dependent on resources. Well, yeah, it's a bit early. The way we see it now is uh, the virus is really contained right now to China, which is a good news for the world economy. So the Chinese economy is going to be affected. We don't know how much because on the one hand, the economy is really slowing down, like we can see on TV, for example. On the other hand, the Chinese government is spending billions to try to deal with, with this crisis. So at the end of the day... Uh, the Chinese economy will continue to grow, probably not at the same speed. For the rest of the world, it's a big unknown because so far there's only a few cases. So uh, I don't think that would change the dynamic around uh, the, the world economy, but it could have an impact on the price of commodities, which will affect Canada. I also suspect that might see the loonie going a little bit further down. Could that benefit exporters, though? Because I, I think that is a dilemma that's kind of been confounding the central bank for a while because we'd see maybe a lower dollar. And we our export numbers weren't exactly where I think the Bank of Canada would have liked to have seen. So when the dollar goes down, it does help our export. But at the same time, many Canadian companies are buying from outside. So when they import, it doesn't help them. So... We don't like a dollar to be too too low uh, because it, it does have diff- negative impact on some sectors in the economy. But in the meantime, I don't think the dollar will move much. We see the dollar around 75 to 77 cents for the year. Those temporary situations will put the dollar down, but it should rebound a little bit. We don't see the dollar moving up a lot. 
but um, we see the dollar maybe closer to 77 cents this year. Okay, so those cross-border shoppers who who love the high loony, which not necessarily the best thing for the economy if it's at like on par with the U.S. dollar, maybe they shouldn't be driving over the border just yet for some deals. But um, th- if we think about British Columbia, though, um, tell me a little bit about why BC and Quebec are poised to do quite well this year with regards to the in comparison to the other provinces. Well, for BC, uh, basically. One factor that is negative for BC is the fact that commodity prices have been down over the last uh, 12 months, especially true for forestry. So this is having a negative impact on the forestry sector. I was in Prince George at the beginning of the week, and you can really feel it. Well, you know, some plants are closed, uh, people lost their job. So that's one negative impact of the world economy uh, right now. On the other side, more positive is you have major projects that are going to stimulate, going to support the growth of the BC economy the next year. The most important one is the LNG project, which is $40 billion that are going to be spent in the next 10 years. You can already feel the impact right now in the north part of BC. And this project is going to create 7,000 jobs in the next seven to eight years. So during the construction phase, this project is really going to stimulate the economy. So that's the reason why BC is having the highest growth in the country this year. It's not only the only reason for growth, but this is going to bring some edge to the economy for the next uh, five to ten years. The very diverse economy compared with, say, like Alberta, for instance, uh, should we continue on that? Do we need to double down on certain sectors, in your opinion? What, what are some of the challenges with regards to certain sectors that you think? You, you highlighted an example for uh, forestry. I think it's a good idea to have a diversified uh, economy because a lot of the sectors are cyclical. Forestry is a good example. We had a good five years, but since the price went down in 2018, it's going to be a difficult five years. But at the same time, you have the energy sector that is uh, investing massively, which is going to help. You have other sectors who are a bit more stable. For example, the tech industry, which is becoming very important in British Columbia. And this is a more stable, and but it's a growing sector. I'm going to surprise you by telling you that right now, there's more people working in BC in tech than in forestry, mining, oil and gas altogether. So the number of people working in tech is really increasing. It's a sector that is increasing by 5% every year. And we don't believe it's going to slow down. So it's important for any economy to have a diversified economy because it protects from business cycles. Yeah, one of the things, I I cover the technology beat here at the newspaper, and one of the things I'm always hearing from, though, is the demand for talents. We have a lot of, I guess, interesting ways of doing that. that There's uh, more progressive immigration policies here in Canada than you would see south of the border. So we have a lot of these American tech companies setting up shop here. Is that potential to put some constraints, though, on the BC economy, though, if we do have these ongoing labor shortages? It is, but we're not the only one. You know, um, in tech, for example, there's a shortage of labor around the world, and uh, there's a really strong one in the U.S. So so we're not the only one. There's there's a huge demand for tech, not only for tech companies themselves, but also Many companies now, they have to adopt technology, so they need workers or talent in, in tech. So 
this is not uh, surprising. In general, in Canada and also in British Columbia, we have an aging population. So our population is getting older. A lot of Canadians are going to retire in the next five years. Actually, five million Canadians are going to retire in the next five years. In five years? I didn't realize it was that much. Wow. That's a lot. So the baby boomers that we've been talking about for a long time, well, they are moving out, moving out of the job market. So the problem is the number they, they are, it's much greater than the young people who are entering the job market. So that's the reason why we have in every sector of the economy a shortage of labor. So there's no easy solution to that. And also it's going to last for a while. So that's the reason why we, we say to our, our clients to invest in technology, try to reduce your need for workers because it's going to become more difficult and more costly to, to hire people. Also try to retain your people. A lot of Canadians now work older because we're in better shape and also because there's a demand for that. So a lot of companies try to accommodate, uh, be more flexible for, for keeping the employee longer. Also, one of the things that we often, you know, still today, people, some pocket of the job market have more difficulties to find job. That's the case for immigrants. The unemployment rate for immigrants is still higher than for Canadian-born. It's the case for people with disability. It's also the case for young people with not a lot of experience. So as business owners, we have to be a little bit more open and flexible in terms of how we recruit people. Yeah, I, I'm curious, because so, I can imagine, you know, a lot of these big giant companies having, you know, immigration policies that will have a solid pipeline of workers coming in to help you with some of those shortages. But what about like smaller companies? This is what the BDC specializes in. Are they well equipped to maybe go towards immigration as a possible solution to some of these shortages? Well, more and more people are doing that and they're hiring outside the country, bring uh, workers back. But it's expensive for, for smaller businesses. But we see that more and more uh, because they don't have a choice, especially if you're looking for a mechanic or a specialized technician. It's more and more difficult to recruit. So uh, even small and mid-sized firm, they go outside the country to recruit people. Well, one of the other interesting things that you pointed out is that there's going to be higher uh, levels of unemployment in immigration populations. Um, you're speaking of the Surrey Board of Trade, and uh, I remember speaking to the CEO, and she said that there needs to be, I guess, more willingness to accept credentials from other countries at, in order to address this. How do you uh, come down with regards to that as a, one of the measures to take if we're trying to find some of the labor that's going to be needed in an economy like this? Well, often it's a question of perception. You know, there's still a perception that, uh, you know, if you are, you're a better worker if you were born in Canada. But there's a lot of people coming from outside who have talent, also good training, and good experience. So I think it's a big, it's a question of being a bit more open-minded. Also, what we realize is companies have to hire, maybe they're not the exact experience that they're looking for, but they will have to help them to get that experience inside the company. So we are in a different job market today as we were like 10 years or 20 years ago. So our thinking about our human resources has to be different because the job market is quite different. 
Do you think Canada has the potential to capitalize on this versus, say, the United States, which has been kind of turning off the pipeline towards a lot of uh, you know highly skilled immigrants? I think so. You know, over the last few years, we saw the number of immigrants in Canada really increasing rapidly. So I think it's a strategy from the federal government to mitigate the, the, the shortage of labor, and it's it's going to work. It's working. So BC is a good example where the province is attracting a lot of people from outside the province. Ontario is another good example of that. Uh, it would not be a conversation about the BC economy, though, if we don't bring up real estate. Uh, we've seen over the past few years both the province as well as the federal government introducing measures to cool, which was a, a very white-hot market here. What's your take on the future of real estate going into 2020 for BC? Well, you're perfectly right. Those measures actually succeeded in terms of cooling off the, the, the sector. What we are seeing now is uh, the sector is coming back a little bit. Over the last six months, we saw the number of sales really increasing. Prices are not increasing much, but they are not declining anymore. So we believe 2020 is going to be a year where we're going to see an improvement in the housing market. Not like we saw before, but it's going to be a bit more positive than last year. Okay, those 2017 numbers, uh, they're kind of shocking to look back at uh, now and things have uh, settled down. But do you think if there are ongoing affordability issues in a region, especially like Metro Vancouver, does that keep some people away from this area? Does it make it tougher for I don't know, people to maybe recruit the talent that they need to come to Metro Vancouver? Yes, I think it's getting difficult because for many people, it's uh, very difficult to find a place to stay downtown Vancouver. So we saw that companies have more and more difficult to recruit, difficulties to recruit. However, uh, the situation has improved over the last two years. Prices went down in some pocket of the housing market. So the situation is a bit better, but it's still an issue. It would not be a conversation with one of our good economists here if I did not ask about uh, policies from the central bank when it comes to monetary issues here. Governor Stephen Pallas uh, from Bank of Canada, he was in Vancouver just a few short weeks ago, and he said that if you look at the debt loads that the Canadians are taking on, it's one of the biggest vulnerabilities in the economy right now. How much do you think this is going to be influencing any rate decisions made by the Bank of Canada in 2020? I think it is. Uh, I think it was also influencing them last year. The Canadian economy is performing okay, I would say, modest growth. Last year, growth was 1.6%, much lower than in BC, for example. Our forecast for 2020 is also 1.6%. So the economy is growing, but at a slower pace. Some economists call the Bank of Canada to reduce the rate. And I think they, um, they won't do it unless they really have to do it. And the main reason is probably what you just mentioned is the debt ratio we have in Canada is really high. And the Bank of Canada is afraid that if you reduce the rate, you're going to encourage that uh, still. So I think that's the main reason why they are staying on the, si- the sideline. I think unless something happened in 2020, I don't think the rate is going to be to change for the next 12 months, unless the economy is really slowing down, which we don't expect. So we expect the economy to have modest growth, 1.6%, and we believe interest rates are going to be stable about at the same level they are now.
Do you think it matters at all, though, if Canada's policy is increasingly divergent from what we're seeing from other central banks around the world? Does that at all make us less competitive? Or is the fact that we're growing, it still makes us a competitive place to be in? No, I think uh, I think we're in the right spot because, you know, the unemployment rate in Canada is low. 5.6% is one of the lowest we have. And the most, the biggest provinces they have, they all have very low unemployment rate, 4.8 in BC, which is an historic low, 5% in Quebec, which is an historic low, 5.3 in Ontario. So the three biggest provinces, which reflect Canada, has very low interest rates. So why would you like uh, a very low unemployment rate? So why would you really stimulate the economy? The economy is almost running right. at full capacity. So I think we... Um, we can keep this period of growth a little bit longer if we make the right decision. And I think the bank has, so far has made the right decision to keep interest rate low, but not to make it lower right now. Well, excellent. Uh, Pierre, it's always a pleasure when you join us on the show. I want to thank you for joining us once again today. Well, thank you. That's Pierre Clouroux. He is Chief Economist at the Business Development Bank of Canada. And that is it for the show today. I want to thank you all for listening. We'll be back again next time. But for now, you can find us on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. Tell your friends. Give us five stars. It's going to help even more people find the show. For now, I'm Tyler Orton. 